Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks higher, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, Russell 2000, all at records. Updating you on the Tesla story. Tesla's vehicle deliveries rose in the third quarter as orders for its more expensive models perked up following CEO Elon Musk's introduction of the cheaper Model 3 sedan. Tesla's third quarter deliveries, 26,150. It produced uh, 260 of the latest models. S&P up 9 to 25.29, a gain there of 4 tenths of 1%. The Dow up 152, up 7 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 20, a gain of 3 tenths of 1%. The 10-year down 132nd. The yield there, 2.34%. Gold down 808 the ounce to 12.72, a drop of 6 tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude down 2.2% to 50.54. Brent is at 56.06. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. It's been a slow journey. A slow journey. Yeah, that's true when it comes to economic momentum. But, you know, as we heard from Charlie Pella, we continue to see stocks hitting records. Let's talk a bit about uh, the market environment. Russell Price is with us today, senior economist at Ameriprise Financial, based in Detroit, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Tell me about what's going on in Detroit. Detroit's really seeing quite a revitalization. They went through the bankruptcy about five or six years ago. And that may be the best thing that happened to that city in uh, probably 60 years. It's really seen quite a renaissance. Is it bu- more than beyond the kind of core downtown area uh, and what Dan Gilbert is doing? Is it kind of you know spreading out there in Detroit? I think slowly but surely it is progressing out a little bit from that center core. But certainly the center core is where it's most apparent. But slowly but surely I think it's making its way out into the neighborhoods. But that's going to be a long process. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I was there, I don't want to say a year ago or so, um, you know, originally from Michigan and was sort of, so our traffic guy, Clegg, Clegg, he probably blamed me for the rot in Detroit, like he blames me for all the bad traffic, but I certainly was a witness to it. And, uh, it's, it's interesting to see what the, what the community is being built around this sort of modern notion of, of manufacturing and, and making stuff, but also software and, and, uh, indeed and quick and a big part of that. That's right. That's right. It is a more diversified uh, environment today, so that certainly helps. The idea that the automobile industry is stabilized, if not maybe come back a little bit. So the city itself is uh, seeing better real estate prices and uh, better rising income. So it's it's a good story, but it still has a long way to go. When you look at the U.S. economy, good story, too? I think so. I think a lot of people are somewhat frustrated that it's been a relatively slow pace of growth since the recession. But slow and steady wins the race. This is a a period of expansion that I think can last quite a bit longer. Uh, And really what it matters to whether we're going to see another downturn or not is how much debt either corporations or consumers have. And balance sheets for both segments uh, look pretty good right now, not to mention the banking sector being in very good shape. So the debts, the, the balance sheets of both individuals and corporations. Right. We know corporations have been, you know, able to access cheap money and clean up their balance sheets over the last few years. Because the cost of the debt was so, so right. nice. Yeah. Right, right. Individuals, too? Yes. Uh, if you look at the Federal Reserve's financial obligations ratio, and I think that that's my favorite uh, indicator for what it means to the health of the U.S. consumer, mm-hmm. uh, debt levels in comparison to disposable incomes, very rational, logical way to look at uh, the situation for consumers. 
really hasn't been at these levels since the early 1980s. And we all know what interest rates were at that time. Horrendous. So uh, <laughs> Exactly. So it didn't certainly wasn't anyone's best interest to take out debt at that time. Uh, consumers are in very good shape, even if you look at delinquency rates on loans. They're off their lows uh, just a little bit, but they are still very close to 30-year lows. So consumers are managing their debt levels very uh, prudently, and they have further capacity to take out debt if they choose to do so. Now, forgive me. This is a, an article from May, but I'm just looking at it. And and this is Federal Reserve Bank of New York talking about corporate debt. But they say Americans have now borrowed more money than they had at the height of the credit bubble in 2008. Right. You know, there's a little trick in that data because if you look at credit card data, it's average monthly balance, and it's on, in dollars. Right. We have 30 million Correct. more Americans than we did back then. But for consumer credit card debt, it's average monthly balance. Today, you know, my parents had a credit card. It was for emergency use only. Today, we go to Starbucks, we swipe. We get a gas station, we swipe. The grocery store, we swipe. And it's that convenience factor. And if we pay it off at the end of the month, which about 45 to 50 percent of most Americans do, mm-hmm. you're still in that average uh, monthly balance simply because of the convenience factor. So um, as you look at we have, however, had an explosion in terms of Explosion. Sorry. Well, we a, a big growth in subprime lending for autos, and it and it has driven, in fact, uh, uh, one could argue, the success that the automakers have had in in, in Detroit, among other places, in the last few years. Uh, we've seen some suggestions from the Fed and from the control of the currency that there's been a pullback in that kind of lending. We've heard that in conference calls as well. We haven't seen that hit the automakers yet, really, in their numbers. Maybe some of the monthly numbers. Are you concerned about that? Uh, slightly, but I really don't think that's going to evolve into a big problem. You're absolutely right that there was a little bit further uh, businesses that were lending to subprime automobile borrowers over the last, uh, say, two years or so. Maybe you went a little bit too far in that lending. Businesses like J.P. Morgan. Uh, well, what, I don't. Just make comments on the, on the call about it. Okay, sure. But um, I'm not too worried about that in particular because if you look at the experience of subprime automobile loans, even after the Great Recession, during the financial crisis, uh, sure, they, they, those uh, default rates and uh, delinquency rates on those loans went up somewhat, but they did not rise near as far as other uh, segments of credit, primarily because people still wanted to maintain their vehicle, they still needed it, and they um, still made their payments in general. So we're seeing an uptick in delinquency rates for subprime automobile loans, but mm-hmm. certainly not to levels where it's uh, truly worrisome for the overall economy. Some final thoughts. Um Whatever happens in Washington, does it really ultimately matter that if we continue to see global growth, things should continue to kind of move along here? You know, I think so. Certainly the uh, synchronization of the growth period that we're currently experiencing I think is very good, not just for the rest of the world and those countries that are maybe emerging emerging from recession because of lower uh, commodity prices previously, but it's good for the global growth. So certainly we're beginning to see that with manufacturing PMI numbers here in the United States and in Europe and Japan and China. So it seems like a very good story over the intermediate term. What keeps you up at, uh, up at night? Ten seconds. Uh Probably debt levels in China. Uh, if you look at the financial uh, implications of too much debt, China's the story right now. But they seem to be relatively well contained from a global exposure standpoint. I feel like all roads always lead back to China <laughs> in our conversations, at least But often. they start in Detroit because the cars are coming from. <laughs> That's right. Russell Price, nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank Senior you. economist at Ameriprise Financial. He is based in Detroit, but he made his way to our Bloomberg 1130 studio right here in New York City. Carol Masser, Corey Johnson, we are Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.